The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. Happy Monday, happy Monday after an historic week five. Seriously, historic. Historic. Week five. It was amazing. Points were everywhere. It's Field and Matthew hanging out with you on the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Man. I thought I was having a good day yesterday when I see some of these ridiculous scores. And then I realized, Matthew, so many people had the number of screenshots that I got yesterday with like, wow, can you believe that I dominated my cousin by 150 points yesterday? Or can you believe I lost to my wife again by 210 points? A lot of those yesterday. Yeah, got a bunch of those. It's interesting. So because there was so much record-setting days, it's so many record-setting days, right? So I tweeted out something to the effect of like, hey, so we had an idea for the fantasy show, the fantasy show on ESPN Plus coming up later today. And so we had an idea to do something about this because it was so historic. And we were like, hey, I bet you somebody out there, somebody out there, because of when you think about how the draft went, somebody out there has Deshaun Watson, yep. Aaron Jones, uh, Will Fuller, uh, Amari Cooper, and um, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting. Michael Thomas. I don't know. Yeah, Michael Thomas. Something like that. Because when you think about like where those guys where went, those guys are being drafted, somebody out there like had that combination of players. Did you find them? And so yeah, we actually we found a couple. So, but my point is, so I said like I sent out a tweet that literally said that like, hey, somebody out there must have this combination of players, like these five specific players. Send me a screenshot. You know, hey, your chance to brag. Send me a screenshot of those five players, and let me see. And we got like, I don't know, 2,000, 3,000 responses. And I'm scrolling through them and I'm like, I got Aaron Jones, but I also got the Eagles defense and like Fournette. I'm like, not what we asked for. That wasn't the question. And then somebody would be like, yeah, man, I got, I got Jones and Cooper, but I left full on my bench. Not what we asked for. Yeah, man, I got like two of those and I played against a guy that had like three of those. Not what we asked for. Like it's unbelievable. Like I'm like, it was fairly simple. Do you have these five players in your starting lineup? We're looking for a needle in a haystack here, but I'm sure somebody out there, and we also had an idea of like wanting to see like the guy that had to, or the woman that had to play against those right, five, right? Yeah. You know, like, and, um, we were talking about this in the War Room League. I, like, I'm looking at my chops. I mean, I, I thought I was looking at my chops going into Sunday. I had, I have, this is the worst beat of my fantasy football oh, career. So, so 16 team league, right? 16 so team depth league. is hard to find. Sure. Scores can often be a little bit lower in a 16 team league, right? Because you're starting guys that barely have a pulse in some of these weeks. Yeah. My so, team, which consists of Russell Wilson, who fired out of the gates with yeah, 30 points yeah, on yeah, Thursday yeah. night. Aaron Jones, good for 49.7 points. Leonard Fournette, over 20 points. Zeke Elliott, over 20 points. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald is one of my flex plays. Pretty decent you day. Have a very good team. I have, so again, Josh Gordon, I've got Sterling Shepard, all reasonable players. I right. put up 175 plus points. Which in our league, that's the our... second highest score of the year. Going if, if you just take in the first four weeks, yeah, 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 plus week five, I believe it's the second highest output of the year. I get, like a good score in our league is generally like in the 130. I was going to say 130 and above is a ex- is an excellent score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 175, and I'm going to lose by 50. Yeah. 50 to Star Fanya Bell, Bell, who's got Stefania just not rolled you like a Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller, right? And DJ Shark, but also guys 
Like Sonny Michelle came alive. We'll talk yeah. about him in just a moment. David Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't Stefania, even played like, George Kittle yet. Like, oh, I mean, Stefania just rolled. I mean, Stefania's putting up the, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's an, a, I mean, it we'll have to be... talk about this on Friday, but, uh, and as we talked about in the pre-show meeting, by the way, if this had happened to me, the whole show would I'd have, have made the entire show about it. Yeah. You're, uh, you're in much better spirits than I am, but I just take it in stride. It's but fantasy football. Yes. I'm so tons and tons of, uh, of, of screenshots like that. We finally found a few, but it was amazing. Like, just how few people can actually follow directions on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so I was just Sounds like, like life. really? Yes. Uh, yes, it was. I, I will say, sent out a tweet uh, saying something to that effect where I said something like, you know, it's amazing to me how few people can follow very simple directions, you know, got whatever, 5,000 likes or whatever. So, I mean, a lot of people understood, like read that thread and were just like, mm, they get it. Like, I mean, you should read the thread. It's unbelievable. Like how many people don't even come close to what we asked for. Go pull it up um, right now. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yes, if you did not have a rock star, you lost and you lost bad. Like you could put up big nut. I mean, like, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, listen, luckily I have, well, we'll get to Aaron Jones and everything in, in, in a minute, but it was, uh, it was truly a historic day. I believe, do we, Thirsty Kyle. Do we have something from Tristan? We should have no, something. I have something. Like, I, have something. Have? I found this got? myself what yesterday. First time ever, ever, five players have had at least 40 points in a single week in the history of the NFL. First time ever. There had been four on a couple of occasions, certainly some threes, twos and ones, obviously plenty. First time ever we've had five players in PPR scoring score at least... 40 points in a single week. And before we just one last and those week. And those five people are just for yep. people that may. Obviously, Aaron Jones, you just mentioned. Yep, yep. Uh, we free Aaron had, Jones. Free Aaron Jones. Uh, we will talk about Will Fuller in just a yep. little bit. We, he was the very top scorer. Michael Thomas. Yep. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And then who's the last one I'm forgetting? CMC. Oh, uh, that's right. Ron, Christian, uh, McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Of course, who's having the most ridiculous year ever. Football in 15 seconds. But I tweeted that and people were like, well, in my scoring league where you get um, 100-point bonuses and I, I mean, like, uh, three, right. you know, like 30 points or if you yeah. have two rushing touchdowns, I had several other players. I know that was the other thing. I got tweets like, dude, I'm in an eight-man, I'm in an, uh, you know, I'm in an eight-person league and I put up 400 points because we get like, we get a 50-yard, we got a bonus, like, I'm just like. You get a yeah, bonus yeah, for like, showing up. It's like yeah, SAT, I mean, like, on, you sign your name it. and like, you get a 200. Whatever, we're talking about ESPN standard scoring, but anyway. anyway let's get to the football. <laughs> Rewind. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. Good job, Jan- Daniel. Yeah. Like You're a lot of ball. I hit the button. Here's the thing. This what? computer every once in a while will just do a thing where I hit mm-hmm. it and it doesn't work. Oh, you know right. what? Blame technology. That's always a safe, there you know, you go. it's like it's it's got no name or no face. You can just I feel like you know what Daniel is? Daniel's like one of my Twitter followers. Like, oh, is that he, what like I he am? sort of like he followed directions sort of. Right. Hey, did like you see? Like he's just supposed to hit the button immediately, and he's just like, "Oh, like I wish you guys could see behind the screen because literally, here's what's happening. Like we we, we do like our little opening bit, right? And here's Daniel. Like sometimes this is what it is. If you're watching on on uh, on the YouTube stream, yeah. or the live stream on Twitter, or Facebook, whatever uh, on the app, you'll see this. But anyway, so like I'm sort of bent over, just sort of like scribbling. So sometimes he does that, or sometimes you'll look up, and this is literally what I see. This is what I see. If if the cameras can catch this, it's like. He's and what I'm doing is is I've turned away from the microphone. And I'm just talking to Keith. That's what I'm doing. That's that's what Daniel sometimes does. Fair? 
Is that fair? That's a fair. That's a fair statement that Keith and I sometimes will chat about the show doing the sure. show. That is accurate. Sure, they're just making and when sure. You, that and when you say the best. show, you mean like you mean like Cleveland Browns right. or the bowling league you guys are in together. Ladies Keith and I are not on the same us. team, so we do not talk about that. Oh, we do ooh, not mention the bowling league. It is not a thing that comes but how about up this between is us? us. Maybe some this is us conversation. Yes, this Probably. is us. We great talk show. about love that show. I cry do you really? every episode. I, every episode I cry. Yeah, it's great. Really, every episode. I've never seen an episode. I know people love it. I know people love it. You're off season home. And by the way, the executive producer of This Is Us is like a big fan. Like oh, listen wow. to this, like came to our LA show. That's right. Came to our uh well, came to I our LA show, show and Tuesday like uh, I, I believe he listens to the he listens to the podcast. Well, you'll I've make up told. for that by watching the show in the off season. So, by the way, Matthew yeah. is going to have his time to gather his thoughts and I promise you if you're wondering what he thinks about the Redskins right now, you can probably guess He'll discuss it, we believe, tomorrow on the podcast. You want to formulate some thoughts before you just Yeah, we have a packed away. show today, and otherwise I would just go on like a 20-minute rant. So I'm so, going to I'm gonna let my emotions settle. You spare us um, that. But, and, in that uh, same, but in that yeah. game is a parting gift. Jay Gruden but, unlocked Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle had a breakout game yesterday, Matthew. He had a touchdown. Yeah. And how about this? A career high, three catches. Three catches all it takes to become his career high. Three more than he had for the entire season. Yeah. Entering week five here. And look, Sony Michelle was on the love list coming into this week. Yep. I predicted a breakout game for, for him and uh, on fantasy football now. And it was one of the, it wasn't just that I thought the Redskins would, uh, fold like they did. Yep. They actually played tough in the first half. They played tough for like, uh, yeah. First I mean, half, like, that's right. you know, I listen, they're undermanned. Like, they're not what? a, they're not nearly as talented. Or something like that, man or? to man, they're not nearly as talented as the New England Patriots. Of course, they had a lead. I, they had the a only lead. team that's led the Patriots this year is the Washington Redskins, baby. Hail the Redskins, hail victory. So. You can't hail victory. <laughs> listen, I, I, I can hail victory, and I'll tell you why. We had a board bet, Field and I, and I predicted the I Patriots, I predicted the Patriots would cover the spread, which I believe was 15. Field somehow thought the Redskins would play him tough enough. <laughs> Field doesn't watch nearly enough Redskins football to know that one. Can you that was money that? in the bank. I cannot blame you at all. All right. So um, Sony Michelle, 16 Sony Michelle. for 91 in the touchdown. Right. Very encouraging the, day. Very encouraging day. And one of the things that I talked about both on Fantasy Football Now as a buy low, we, we did a buy low segment on the show on yep. Sunday morning and why he was in the love list is because they never wavered from him, right? Mm-hmm. So he now has at least 15 carries in four out of five games this season, right? And coming in three out of four, right? And so... He'd ha- he now has a rushing touchdown in three of his last four games. And one of the one of the stats that I was talking about was the fact that Sony Michelle, despite the ineffectiveness, despite the the lack of yards after first contact, um, despite the the moribund state of the Patriots running game prior to week five, Sony Michelle still led the NFL in rushes inside an opponent's ten yard line coming in to the game against the Redskins. And so I said, and I believe this, like if you watch Bill Belichick and you watch Patriots football. They have, even in years in which Tom Brady has been like, Tom freaking Brady, they run when they get close to the playoffs. They like to go more conservative when it gets colder. They they go more run heavy. They like to do it in the playoffs. You think about what they did last year on their, their successful Super Bowl run. Like, that was a run-first team. And, like, last year obviously worked out. They were fifth in run percentage So um, for the season. So I knew they needed to get this run game going. And so my expectation here is that Sony Michelle is an RB2 going forward. Look, he is still too much. He's still a little touchdown dependent. The fact that he was used a little bit in the passing game is unbelievable. It was good. Yeah, it was encouraging. Yeah. Very encouraging here. But despite the fact that it was the Redskins, I have to believe more days like yesterday are coming, especially look at their upcoming schedule real quickly. But the whole season schedule, right? 
Right. The whole season schedule should be favorable. I mean, just the next four games you're going to reference, Giants, Jets, Browns, and Ravens. I mean, you, right you'll there. run against any of them. Right. You'll run against any of them. And then the Patriots, like, there are teams where we talk about, like, they need to be playing in a positive game script to get yeah. the ground game going. Like Tampa Bay, for example. If they're playing tight, well, then Ronald Jones can run the football a lot. But Tampa can be down by multiple touchdowns any given week, as we saw sure. yesterday. For the Patriots, I'm not saying they can't be down by multiple scores, but more often than not, they're going to be competitive. And Sonny Michel, we saw a bit more explosion, two runs of 14 or more yards yesterday. He had one carry like that going into the game. We're both encouraged. No Rex Burkhead yesterday, too, which is worth noting. We expect Burkhead back. If not this week, then maybe in subs, you know, probably by the Jets game in two weeks. But still, good days for Sony Michelle. And they needed to get him right, and you know, with the loss of James Devlin, and they've they've had some shuffling on the offensive line as well. And so, Patriots offensive line always they tend to figure it out. And last thing I'll say is that Mike Reese, the intrepid Patriots reporter here at ESPN, does an amazing job. Wrote a couple of Sundays ago about how everybody's talking about Sony Michelle and the yards per carry average, but there was a game maybe week three where the Patriots offensive line. They won. They'd smoke somebody. And they were pissed after the game about how poorly they felt they had been playing. As in they were taking a, everybody's talking about Sony. We've got to be better. And they were taking it personally. And maybe we saw some of that yesterday. Not so much in terms of protecting Tom Brady, but in terms of creating run lanes, it was better. Yeah, they still have some work to do. There's no question. Tom Brady got hit a lot, and you're not used to seeing that. Yeah. And so I am sure that despite despite the score, despite the fact the Patriots still undefeated, I am sure Belichick is yelling at oh, yeah. everyone and furious at how much TB12 sure well, yeah. got hit. It's interesting. Brandon Bolden catches the touchdown, played only 10 snaps here. But that's right. to me, that's the Rex Burkholt, Burkhead role, right? Like, it is what sure. it is. It was just a wheel route, and he just happened to be open. And obviously, Tom hit it in stride, and it was a touchdown. Uh, but uh, ultimately, it's going to be Sony Michelle and James White, and I think are both viable RB2s going forward. Gardner Minshew. Minshew Mania has taken over the NFL, and perhaps now, Matthew, it has taken over fantasy football. Yesterday, 374 yards, two touchdowns. Seven carries for 42 yards, yeah. over 21 fantasy points. You buying Gardner Minshew as a legitimate top 12 quarterback? Top 14? Definitely top 14, top 15. You know, like very, I mean, he's already been a viable uh, fantasy quarterback in two QB leagues, right? Yeah. Or, a, you know, in, in a deeper league, right? And so, so far now through five weeks. Yep. He's the 10th best quarterback in fantasy in terms of total points. He's QB 11 on a points-per-game basis. Right. And what was impressive is in a game at Carolina, and the Panthers, remember, were coming off a week where they shut down Deshaun Watson, and they had played very good defense. Yeah. Throughout this year, like, that's a good defense in Carolina. They played good and, again yesterday. Besides, I mean, in other facets. Yeah, 100%. They, they absolutely did, and, you know, they were down, and so some of this is a little junk-timey. But still. But still. 26 for 44, 374 yards, two touchdowns, seven carries for 42 yards, which I think was interesting, like more mobile than he probably gets credit for. Multiple touchdown passes in four out of five games so far this year. And he has a 10-yard rush in three of his last four. So again, like he's using that mobility, whether it's whether it's uh, breaking down. And given, you, you referenced early in the show because you were talking about your War Room League team, but given how good Fournette's been, that's opening up play action, so it's always like for me, I'm curious your thoughts here, but for me, it's always like when people are successful in football, why? Why were they successful? Was it junk time? Was it a fluke play? How how repeatable is this? And yeah. So you think about why Jacksonville's been successful. Pretty good offensive line. He's played well. Give him credit. Fournette has been terrific. Yep. 
setting up play action. And by the way, they finally found a consistent threat opposite D.D. Westbrook. And that's D.J. Shark, who's been nothing short of a revelation. It might have to be that D.D. Westbrook plays opposite of D.J. Shark. But my point is that D.D. Westbrook was... I know, I know, I know. I'm with you. Like, if you're ranking him for the rest of the season, you'd prefer Shark to Westbrook. But my point is, is like, last year, he was like the only guy that you could count on. And like, you know, and so it's been a while... Like, I, you have to think back to the Allen Robinson days. I'm right. thinking where you've had like a, and again, Westbrook had moments last year, but I feel like Allen Robinson was like the last truly great Jacksonville Jaguars fantasy wide receiver. And that was with inconsistent quarterback play. We're now, sure. now getting consistent Gardner Minshew play. And I'll say, so I, I wrote the waiver wire column and I do have him on the waiver wire column, but my, my feeling is that no, I don't like, I'm not automatically starting Gardner Minshew. Like, I'm not benching, you know, if you have, in terms of like the set it and forget it starters right now, I'm not benching. Again, on average, maybe in certain weeks, yes, but like, obviously not guys Mahomes and Lamar and Russell Wilson and uh, not someone like Matt Ryan, even though he's been inconsistent um, or he's been turnover prone, I should say. Tom Brady, like, there's still Deshaun right. sure. Watson, right, right, right. There are still Dak Prescott, probably yeah, eight, yeah, yeah. ten easy players that you're starting over Gardner Minshew. But, but if you relied on someone like Baker Mayfield out of the gates, yeah, or Cam Newton out of the gates, or somebody else, Drew Brees, and you haven't quite figured it out. Minshew I mean, is certainly I'll, a quarterback to be one. considering. Yeah. Rest of the season, who do you want? And I ask this with all seriousness. Aaron Rodgers. Gar- Gardner Minshew or Aaron Rodgers? Not quite there yet with Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers. I'm, but I'm just, I, I mean, know, like, I right? Know, I know. I, I didn't laugh at you. I didn't laugh. I, I was. I, I mean, look, you and I the, both agree from a pure talent standpoint, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest of all time. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, the, this is not a, this is not a knock on Aaron Rodgers, but it's just like, we're five games in, and he's had basically one usable fantasy day. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, I mean, like, and yeah, they're four and, and one. And they're, they're four and one. Anything, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like it's not like you know, it's not like oh, we got to change something. Gotta, like my belief is, and I've met Aaron Rodgers once in my life, so I can't seem to know him at all. But my expectation would be is that if you asked Aaron Rodgers what's more important to you, four and one, or putting up big fantasy numbers. He's going to take four and one. Sure, he will. Absolutely. It's he, and working. He said it yesterday. He talked about yesterday. The formula seems to be working. We'll talk about uh, that was a huge win for them. Huge. We'll talk about their okay. Packers offense a little bit more later on in the show. One more Minshew mania. Story. But but answer the question for me. Uh, That's the season. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Because Minshew may not be the starter after week 11. Oh, I think Nick Foles has lost his job. Ooh, I love it. I, I don't Are know. You? I, I, I keep I'm, I'm I am reserving the right to not answer that question for like five more weeks. Uh, you you got to answer the question. That's no. not fair. Nick Foles has not this lost is the his SPN. job. This is ESPN. As of right now, he has not uh, lost his job. Oh, my As God. At this moment, he has not lost his job. But I, I'm gonna, I, 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 I understand that. I'm just saying. He has come not on. lost his job. No. Oh, my God. Stephen A. Smith is rolling his eyes at you somewhere. Just Stephen come on. A. Have a have a take for the love of Pete. Is this allowed? Here's my wait, take. Wait, is reasonable thought allowed here? Keith Lipscomb, I, I on don't. On this show? You know. Okay. I just, he, he has to have a hot take. I think this is a perfect board bet opportunity. I'll Ooh. say that. Ooh, I'll do that. I believe that when J- Nick Foles is healthy, yep, the Jaguars' starting quarterback is still Gardner Minshew. I believe when Nick Foles get health gets healthy, Nick Foles will become the Jaguars' starting quarterback again. Put, Put it on, on the board. board. Put it on the board. One last, and Gardner obviously Minshew that is for this season. This, yes, this yes, is for yes. this season. One more Gardner Minshew stat. How about this? And it is both if they're both healthy. Obviously, yep, of so course. If Minshew yeah, gets yeah. hurt two games in or whatever. Yeah. So. In terms of quarterbacks that have 16 or more fantasy points in every week this season. Yeah. I looked this up. Patrick Mahomes. I've heard of him. Kyler Murray, which I've heard of him. Good. Yeah. And Gardner Minshew. Minshew didn't even start in week one. How about that? Three guys. Gardner. Three guys. You know, it's like, look, there is, I have to tell you, one of the other things that's exciting about him is it's a great 
It's a great story. Like, he's such yeah. an easy kid to root for. It's such an amazing story that every year in the NFL, sometimes there are stories that you don't love. You don't love to see that. And it's just like, it's great to see a story like that. A story about, and by the way, if you don't know that much about him, like, if, if all you know about Gardner Minshew is the stats and, like, whatever, the, the stash and a couple of wacky outfits that you've seen on social media, like, read more about his story and, like, his college career. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's I mean, really like, and, like, yeah. like, trying to walk onto teams and, like, he's had to go to a bunch of different colleges and, like, it is, like, the ultimate story of perseverance and, like, Good just for him. Yeah. such an easy kid to root for. So his wide receiver that you referenced a minute ago, DJ Shark, had another yeah. monster game. He had 36.4 fantasy points yesterday, did DJ Shark, again, against me in the war room. Matthew, he's the number five wide receiver. Number five yeah. on the season. That, of course, excludes players. And we, we have not yet finished the week of week five, but has a good chance to remain number five going into week six. Have we reached the point now where if you roster DJ Shark and you added him, you know, after the fact, are you guys trying to tell me it's Shark and not Shark? Is that what Kyle's doing with the big CH? There's some discrepancy there. I think it's DJ Shark. Keith is going nuts every time you say the name. <laughs> what do you got not cool, Keith? You think it's Shark and not Shark? I'm, I've am i not seen Shark anywhere, including after speaking with Mike Duraco of the Jags, and he asked about it, and it's Shark. He says, shark. It, like, church. Well, well I'm calling him DJ Shark. <laughs> yeah, we know. Shark. <laughs> and that's the that. Problem, the problem is... And I just I, I want to make a I want to make a fantasy focus ruling here. I want your thoughts on yeah, this. Yeah, it's a shark. Secret, secret squirrel, not cool. Keith, you guys can weigh in here. Where are we on? Because I've seen some people, including other fantasy analysts, be like, do 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 do. You know, it's the baby shark. Baby shark. Right. So where are we on that for for DJ Shark? Because I've seen people like you know DJ Shark. Do, 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 it doesn't do, work. Like, and I'm, I don't. I don't. Still rhymes. It's fine. Yeah, I'm just. I don't know. Good. I like DJ Shark. Can we keep. Can we just call him DJ Shark? I'm not sure how I feel about that as the nickname for him. I know people are excited about that. I'm F1. I'm like. I'm becoming kind of the nickname Grinch. Yeah, I think everyone's yeah. in on F1. Like well, that's pretty much settled at this point. But DJ mm. Shark. I'm. I'm the innovative nicknamer around here, as some know. So yeah. uh, DJ Shark. Shark. DJ Shark. But I call him shark. Anyway, I'm, ask, I'm asking the fantasy community to kill it with the the baby shark tunes. That's what I, that's my own take. Maybe okay. I'm the, maybe I'm a Grinch. Maybe I'm an uh, angry old man. Okay, but, so um, let me just reset here so that I don't screw up a video. Yes, sir. DJ Shark is now the number five wide receiver for the entire season after 36.4 fantasy points yesterday. If you have DJ Shark on your roster, yes, sir, because you either used a late round pick on him or more likely you rostered him through the waiver wire. Is he now a set it? Forget it. Don't ever think twice. Keep him in your lineup going forward. How could he not be? I don't know. I have no answer. How, how, how is the answer no, not yet? Again, as you mentioned, the fifth wide receiver so far the year coming. We talked about him on Fantasy Football Now Sunday morning, and we talked about the fact that he had been the 10th best wide receiver in fantasy going into that game. Right. Right. Here's a guy that has five touchdown receptions in five games so far this year. We just talked about Gardner Minshew and Minshew Mania. One of the reasons why Minshew has been so terrific is DJ Shark. Right or Chark, I should say. Thirty-four point six percent of Minshew's pass completions and passing yards have gone to uh, DJ Chark. Like there is a real connection there, right? Fifty-six point nine percent of his deep passing yards yeah. have gone to DJ, and it's one of those things. By the way, and I, I think he's a great example of this because so many people out there, specifically in fantasy football, like at ah, preseason doesn't matter. Blah 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 blah. Preseason doesn't matter. And DJ Chark is one of the prime examples of, oh, yes, it does. 
because he was a guy like people were D.D. Westbrook was the highest rated Jaguars wide receiver that I had coming into the drafts. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll completely own that. And we kept hearing the most impressive player in camp so far this year is D.J. Chark. Mike DiRocco talked about it. Yep. Other people that cover the Jaguars talked about it. And we saw this. We saw this. And so that preseason production has boiled over into the regular season in a significant way field. It really has. And I will just say this is uh, you said how it changed your thoughts. Yeah. Doug Marone, the head coach of the Jaguars. Now, this was in reference to Gardner Minshew, but he said yeah. Gardner Minshew made me rethink how I feel about uh, preseason based off how he played, how he performed, how he earned that job as a number two quarterback behind Nick Foles. There was a competition at one point uh, for that backup job. But I'm with you, DJ Shark. Chark has been, he has been outstanding. I give him a lot of credit for his performance, and he is, of course, a player that if you roster him, right. he's going to be in your lineup every single Jaguars week. have 11 red zone targets this year. Chark has five of them. Like, basically half. Yeah, he has been go-to for them. So, um, I was really so we, ex- we, both, we both agree this continues. And by the way, you think about their upcoming schedule field. Saints, Bengals, Jets, Texans, and London. Three out of four you like right there. You really do like. And honestly, like, maybe he gets shadowed by Lattimore against the Saints. Lat- with the exception of Mike Evans, and we'll get to him in a second, Lattimore's been bad this year. Well, He's been yeah, burned a decent amount. He can certainly be had that much, we know, based off what we've seen so far uh, this season, separate from yesterday. As yeah, he shut down Evans in a big way. You know what happens sometimes? The squeaky wheeling gets the grease. Yep. How about that? Adam this is, Thielen this is not got good. the grease against the Giants. But Daniel is rolling his eyes right now because he knows that like I'm I'm noticing this, that the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and this is good for me to notice. Wheeling. Squeaky wheeling. Squeaky wheeling. Squeaky wheeling. Squeaky wheeling. Squeaky wheeling. Adam gets squeaky the grease. wheeling. Yes. I get it. Okay. I get it because his name is Thielen. Yeah. Hang on, let me explain it to the people that don't get it. Oh. His name is Thielen, yeah. but he was like, the phrase is squeaky wheel. And so, well, Field's been saying that since like week three that he's the squeaky wheel. I'm just saying, like, so it's a pun. It's a play on his name and a play on the phrase squeaky wheel. So just for people that didn't get that, just want me to, I'm just putting that together for them. That's, that's the reference. That's the joke. That's the humor of it right there. Well, if you explain the joke, it means the joke was not funny. No, no, that's the ha ha. That's the piece of it, the squeaky wheel. So, but we did have a massive breakout day (laughs) for Adam Thielen. Now, Kyle's trying to make it into a shark joke. I'm just, it's DJ Shark. Anyways, Adam Thielen has an awesome day yesterday. Yes, Seven sir. catches, 130 yards. I actually like yards. Squeaky Wheelin. Okay, good. I just want you to know. Thank you. I kind of like this. Seven for 130 with two touchdowns for Adam Thielen. Yes, sir. Stephon Diggs was limited to just two catches after or during that game. So, Matthew, I think the like, here's what I'm really wondering. is: Did we reach any meaningful conclusions about the Vikings passing game yesterday? They threw it more. Kirk Cousins had 300-plus passing yards. Thielen had a monster day. Diggs was quiet. But... Are we really convinced that yesterday was a turning point? Do you feel as though going forward you have no doubts or no concerns about Adam Thielen and you're totally panicked over Stephon Diggs? Or do you get the sense this has a chance to be a perpetual problem throughout the year? That they're going to be, let's say, three or four more weeks going forward of the remaining 11 games that they play. So let's call it you know, nearly a third of the weeks where Adam Thielen has a total dud performance and maybe Stephon Diggs has a dud performance in half of those games, and then the other remaining games for those players, they're very good or amazing like Thielen was yesterday. Does that make sense? Like, I think what people are worried about is that, like, hey, they know that Adam Thielen's really talented. They've seen him do it before. But what they want to know if yesterday is an indication that we should expect not every game to be 130 yards and two touchdowns, but should we be expecting, you know, 15-plus points a week from Adam Thielen going forward? Here's my take, is that I thought, look, 
he he's going into this going into the, so but I had feeling it's a two, I, sorry it's a, both he and Stefan Diggs question right, really right but, right but I think it's a I think it's it's combined and and they're separate on some level right so first off there's some positive signs here right last two weeks and this obviously includes the game against the Giants yep. Vikings passing the ball 60% of the time Woo. compared with 42% of the time Ooh. weeks 1 through 3 so they are starting to open it up a little bit more they are so Thielen made the love list coming into nice. the week, and like that's not me patting myself on the back. I, the reason I bring that up is one of the things that I referenced was that of the 13 deep ball attempts that they had made going into week five, Adam Thielen had eight of them. So he is, and we can argue as to whether that's correct or not, I mean, because Diggs is all sorts of fast, but Adam Thielen, at least to date, had been sort of the deep ball threat that they had, had gotten the most targets for the Minnesota Vikings. Right. So going against a Giants team that has been burned by the deep ball in a significant way, it was one of those things where I thought um, uh, that Thielen would, in fact, get some looks here. And by the way, Adam Thielen, really good NFL player. Like, forget everything else. Like, he's just a very talented, talented. wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, yeah. He's a very talented wide receiver. And so, you know, look, Cousins and... um Cousins and Thielen, like they had a, they had a, a public falling out. They had a public apology as well. So it was a little bit mending. I mean, one of the jokes I made on Fantasy Football Now was, you know, I said, hey, you know, it's all good for a public apology. You know what says sorry? A couple of touchdowns. deep balls, a couple yeah. of touchdowns. Exactly. Yeah. And so that ended up happening. I think for me, so I am cautiously optimistic. Right. Like yeah. I thought Cousins looked better. Um, you know, listen, they ran the ball well as well. And so you think about their upcoming schedule. Philadelphia at Detroit, home to Washington at Kansas City. You like the, three out of those four. Yeah, except for at Detroit. You right. don't, for the passing game, you, you know. Um, now, may I? May I? Yeah. And these, uh, you, you finish. And then well, I, and then the, I'll... the last thought I was going to say is, is that, so I am, to answer your question, I am encouraged about, I'm certainly encouraged about Thielen moving forward. I'm encouraged about Kirk Cousins in the passing game of the Vikings. And I believe Diggs will ultimately get his. I believe Diggs is a talented player, right? He's still got a decent amount of targets in this game. I'm nervous. But, Previous years, similar to Godwin and Evans, similar to, um, you know, you think about, uh, you know, Julio and Calvin Ridley last year. Like, previous years, Thielen and Diggs have both been viable, no-brainer. You start both guys, you don't think about it. And I don't think this offense can support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers every week. I think there will be some weeks where it's Diggs and some weeks where it's Thielen. But I think the game, the weeks in which it's both guys, which is what it was all last year up until Stefanski took over— uh, I think those days are over. I'm nervous. I am ner- I'm not nervous about Adam Thielen going for it because I think that not only is Adam Thielen really talented and they're going to have to yeah. throw it in some games like they, you know, like they had to against the Bears last week. Not that they had to against the Giants yesterday, but they chose to, which was a good sign. Adam Thielen's really talented. The matchups are good for three out of the next four weeks. I also think there was a desire to keep Adam Thielen happy. I don't get the sense that the Vikings are as interested in making sure that Stephon Diggs is placated, that he gets what he wants after his conduct and his decorum for the past week they find him 200 grand there's a lot of sympathy right now for Stefan Diggs I don't know if you saw it yesterday but he was asked in the in the locker room I believe by Josina Anderson okay do you want to be in Minnesota and his response and this is one of those times where I'm asking for the camera because it's actually pertinent he goes yeah I want to be in Minnesota Ha! And drops a wink. And some people right. are some people are saying, "Hey, that's Stefan. He's a very, um, he's just he's got a uh, just a really a playful. positive, playful nature to him. Like he's just winking." And I'm like, you know something? It's possible. He's he maybe he is, maybe he is. But do you really think that players 
who are have been like he's obviously been very very calculated. Well, he's been frustrated and calculated with what he's been saying and doing this week. Do you think that he is so naive to think that if he doesn't wink right there or if he winks right there, no one's going to notice? I don't think he's going to get traded. I know Morton Shefty reported on this yesterday morning, but still, I think he's unhappy, and I think that that's not going to change going forward. So I am nervous on Stephon Diggs. Again, I, it's hard to say, yeah, just bench him because he's but, talented, but like, yeah, I'm nervous. But but let's play that out forward. Okay, so you have Stephon Diggs on your team. Yeah. And you're nervous. About it. Yeah. What are you doing? Praying are you wrong. No, but I'm just saying, I'm like asking. So let's let's play that out. Like, are you trying to sell him for 50 cents on the dollar? Or a dollar? Are you trying to, you know, you're trying to weather the storm? Are you saying like, I'm going to hold out, hope this gets better, I'm going to bench him and see what else I have? The like, problem what you- is selling him for 50 cents on the dollar right now is like getting a kicker. Right, like right. there's just nothing of value there. It's more that, um, given the depth of wide receiver, I would hope that most teams have a choice to make between their flex consideration each week. And in most weeks, it's Stephon Diggs or somebody else. And whoever your somebody else is, that's where I would be leaning right now. Yeah. I know that's what I'm dealing with in a league right now, and I have now decided that it's I mean, not going to be him. Yeah, I mean, listen, I have... I'm going to lose to Tim Hasselbeck in the War Room League this week. Um, and the reason I'm going to is Stefan Diggs. Like, it's a 16-team league. I have no choice. Right. I've had a couple injuries there as well. I'm still in fourth place. Um, but I'm uh, just saying, just throwing that in there. Just whatever. Still 3-2. and two. Just saying. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, Stefan Diggs has been nothing short of, uh, you know, a massive disappointment for me. Let's he get- was supposed to be my number one wide receiver because yeah. I went running back heavy at the, at the Not top. Not so much so far. Yeah. Uh, we can get to this next one quickly, Matthew, because I think that the story of this week will be uh, developed over the next three days. But with Wayne Gallman now in the concussion protocol and Saquon Barkley being a question mark to return on Thursday— for a one-week rental basis, do you have any interest in Jonathan Hillman, who took over yesterday at nine carries, twenty yards? They play the Patriots on Thursday night. Like Correct. he's no, yeah, okay. I'm just so this is sort of like no. we address it to dismiss it because um, I think he'll get no. added in some teams. You're yeah. just gonna yeah, and I, I did put him on the waiver wire column. Like if you're so desperate because you have no Look. other options and there are four teams on a buy and you had Saquon and then you had Wayne Gallman and then you're totally out of luck otherwise. Right. He's going to be a starting running back for an NFL team this Thursday night, and that has some value. But no, I'm not interested. Like I just, I will say this, and I, I you know, because we're, uh, we were, t- we're planning out the waiver wire uh, episode of the fantasy show on ESPN Plus. I'm a company man, and running back is ugly. I, I saw, this I'll, say week. This, I'll say this right now. Ugly. It's, it's. It, I told this. I've, I sent. I've never done this before. In my, my four years writing the column. I have never reached out to Keith to solicit suggestions for the column. But I texted him this morning, and I said, Keith. I'm stuck in the mud. I This is the worst waiver wire column week I can ever remember. Do you have any names that I should add beyond the, pl- the players that I had? It's slim pickings, to say the least. All right, let's just move this Can forward. I give you a suggestion? Can I give you a thought real quick just while we're talking about this? Yeah. Because this is one thing that we're going to talk about here. Streaming defenses? No, not even streaming defenses. What I'm going to say is, like, I would rather, and it depends. Like, if you need a body, you'd, I mean, like, so you pick up, you know, Hillman or whatever. You just need somebody to, but I would rather use my waiver claim this week if I had a running back, and I had people to start this week, and I didn't need, quote-unquote, I would rather use it to fortify my bench with handcuffs. handcuffs. Sure, like, I would rather, like, and there's certain guys. Like, like if I had Fournette, I'd want Ryquel Anderson, right? I mean, like, if I had Chris McCaffrey, I'd want Reggie Bonifant. You know what I mean? Like, I like guys like that. Like Armstead, we, by the way, and Ryquel. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, yes, what did I say? Anderson, sorry, Armstead, Armstead, oh, sorry, same Armstead, thing. Armstead, sorry. But anyways. But yeah. Yes, but, point right. well taken. 
Go add your handcuffs instead. Let's yes. get move forward to our relentless moment of the week, which is provided by who other than Will Fuller, who put up the ninth best fantasy game ever for a wide receiver. Kyle notes this. He went from wide receiver 65 on the season to wide receiver 7. Yeah. Can you imagine that? 65 to 7. We've got a five-week sample size. Is it this simple, Matthew? One great game from Will Fuller equals Will Fuller needing to be in your lineup every single week going forward. Or is that just making things far too simple for a player that has been wildly inconsistent up to this point? I think he's still wide receiver wide receiver three, but with significant upside. Look, I'd was, say. I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah. right? But here's the thing. So he was on the love list coming into this week, yep. right? Okay. And um, so funny. I, I remember you in the pre-show meeting for Fantasy Football Now, we were talking about like, hey, can we get Will Fuller into the show? Like, I'm, I really like him a lot today. And we just, we were supposed to, and just, we never did. We just a lot going on during that show in terms of, you know, reporters and names, different yep. guests and a lot of names we deal with. But one of the reasons why he was on the love list in, in my love hate column this week was because I felt like he was very close. Right, that he had missed a touchdown by this much the week before against Carolina. Like Watson just overthrew him. Like just if Watson hits him in stride, it's a seventy-five yard touchdown. Right, and so he had gotten six or more targets in every game so far this year. So you've got Deshaun Watson, who is a very good quarterback, and Will Fuller, who's a very talented wide receiver, and they just hadn't connected yet. And so you know it was a good matchup here as well. So Will Fuller has run at least thirty-two routes in every game so far this year. Okay. Right. Yep. Um, and you think about Deshaun Watson last season, and we sort of chalked it up last year to his coming back from the injury, right? But through the first seven weeks of last year, he was QB 13. Like Watson started slow last year before obviously, you know, finishing the year as a monster. And so maybe Deshaun Watson's just a slow starter, right? I mean, again, Could he be, missed yeah. him a couple of times. Like he's been up and he's been up and down. I'm not talking fantasy with him. I'm just talking NFL quarterback wise. He's been up and down so far this year a little bit. And so, Look, he was lights out, obviously, yesterday against the Falcons. And so, you know, it was obviously a good matchup with, you know, given the Falcons secondary as well. But, yeah, I mean, the thing that was most encouraging to me here about Will Fuller was 14 catches. Like, usually Will Fuller is, I mean, right, usually Will Fuller is a, is like three for 75 and a touchdown, right? right? He's like one huge big play. Sure. But the fact that he got 14 catches. For 217 yards, like whatever, it. the 217 yeah. and the, the, you know, and some of it was yards after the catch, but that's part of his game. But the fact that he got double digit receptions of this game is really, really encouraging here. And the question with Will Fuller has never been talent. It's always been health. He's fully healthy. And now, yeah. again, the, the usage has been there. It just, they just haven't gotten on the same page and connected and they did. And so this is his best game of the season, certainly. But, um, do I think it's more real than not? Absolutely. Yeah, we've seen it plenty of times before from Will Fuller. And I think, and I don't want to make this so like non-expert analytically driven. I just want to make it, but I do want to put sort of a personal touch on this. Because, so I don't think anybody, or I should say most people probably were not slotting Will Fuller into a top two wide receiver spot in their roster most weeks, right? He was probably a player that you were dancing with the possibility of flexing him or not flexing him. Or in some cases, you just totally did not consider it at all. So I think when you're making your lineup decisions, it's kind of what can you live with in a given week, right? So I'm just making this up here, but let's say that you're imagining a scenario of choosing between Will Fuller or Jarvis Landry. I was going to say Golden Tate or Jarvis Landry. That's fine. Good example, right? 
Maybe not a great example because Jarvis Landry had a huge he just game a last monster week. game last but let's week. Let's say Golden but Tate, okay? okay? Golden Tate back for the Giants, and you're like, okay, hey, which one of those players has the more has the delight, the likelier chance of not 50 points because we never say a player yeah, is likely sure. to score 50 points, 25 points, right? And I think a, like a really solid Golden Tate game is like eight catches for 99 yards, right? Something like that. That's Maybe a, a great touchdown. Golden Tate game. It's a great game. Golden Tate game, right? Whereas like a great Will Fuller game might be like five for 155 and two touchdowns or call right. it 1.5 touchdowns to use right. Mike Clay parlance, right? Like. Yeah. It just makes, I think some of it's just, how, what can you live with? Well, you know, the, it's very simple. It's basically, it's ceiling versus floor. Right. Right. So somebody like Golden Tate, at least in theory, right, or or Landry prior to last week's blow up, right? There are certain guys that just have a, a, a high floor. Sure. That there's not necessarily like, um, you know, somebody that's going to, you know, uh, I'm trying to think like Adam Humphreys last year is like, was a good floor guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. and so, and so it's floor Wolf versus ceiling. Year. Huh? Woof this year on Humphreys. Woof. Oh, yeah, Titans. Um, but, <laughs> but right, there's like, there's just like, like a, like a floor there. And, um, and so you want with, with Will Fuller, like, you know, he could goose egg you, right? And I'm sure there's, there's definitely people out there that threw Will Fuller into the lineups like the first couple of weeks and just like, I'm done. Oh, I'm done with these goose eggs. Them. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of dropped. responses yesterday. Yep. And then, of course, they, they see this. Well, shame on you. You should read Love Hate on ESPN.com. Of course, I'm a company man. But, but uh, yeah, it's floor versus ceiling, and it's just sort of what you what you need from that flex spot in a given week. Um, you know, his floor is that, but I I think his his floor you know is potentially zero, right? Because he's a, a big boomer bust guy. Uh, having said that, uh, listen, I'm a Will Fuller fan. I'm a Will Fuller believer. He was a preseason sleeper for me. Obviously, Adam on the love list. It's been an inconsistent season so far, but. A game like this gives him confidence, gives the coaching staff confidence, gives his quarterback confidence to get more of it. And by the way, if ever there was a great buy low candidate, it's DeAndre Hopkins. Sure, absolutely. Because right now he has been, I mean, he is as frustrating as Will Fuller was exciting yesterday. Another great day, or sorry, another, what's the opposite of great? Pedestrian. Yeah. Matthew. Mediocre. Mediocre. Yeah, Matthew. Oh. Matthew, right. Yeah. Matthew, another me- mediocre day from uh, DeAndre Hopkins yesterday. Right. Los we, Angeles. We believe in the talent there. I just, Hopkins is going to be just fine. Yep. Uh, so the Chargers got Melvin Gordon back yesterday. Yeah, they did. And it did not go quite as planned. I mean, it depends how you look at it, I guess. So here are the raw numbers between Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Snaps played, 41 for Eckler, mm-hmm. 31 for Gordon. Carries, 12 for Gordon three for Eckler. So Gordon with the decided edge there. But here's the real difference. Austin Eckler had 16 targets yesterday Yeah, for 15 catches for 86 yards. I believe that is the fewest yards ever with 15 catches or more in a game. 15 for 86, loss of fumble, 22.3 to 7.8 was the edge in fantasy points yesterday for Eckler over Gordon. Well, We've talked about this, right? So with a lack of game, weapons in the passing game for the Chargers, and they, by the way, give the Broncos credit, they shut down Keenan Allen. Right, win. yes, they sure did. They yeah. shut down Keenan Allen. So there's Phillip Rivers looking around trying to find guys, and Mike Williams had come back, but I don't know if he's fully 100% healthy here. So Austin Eckler out of the backfield just getting you know a bunch of dump-offs, right? Yeah. So Rivers was under pressure in a decent amount in this game. And so um, I thought just... Forget stats for a second. I thought from the eye test, I thought I thought Eckler and Gordon looked like they were running at different speeds. Well, here's what I would say is that you run the risk 
of so we understand why Melvin Gordon wanted to return, why they were excited to have him back. We always talk about like managing locker rooms. Yeah. And I wonder what the locker room perception of that was yesterday after the game. When one guy, and I get it, Eckler did not run great, three for seven. But one guy made an impact on this game yesterday. One guy did not. That's right. And it was Austin Eckler who and, made the and impact. And by the way, and Austin Eckler's made an impact this entire season. Right. And I think, by the and way, Gordon's been sitting of, on his couch. Like, Tempo wise, it's not a, it shouldn't be a total surprise. Um, you know, I just wonder if, like, you know, they have no more time to waste. You know, they are they're now two and three. Th- they're third place in the division. The Raiders, who got a great win yesterday, really impressed by the Raiders yesterday. They're three and two, and Kansas City is four and one. They're obviously outstanding. The Chargers have no more time to mess around. They, they they do this every year. They start slow. It seems like. So if if Eckler is better than Melvin Gordon, as much as Anthony Lynn has stated the case that it should be Gordon over Eckler. I tell you what, man, you need to play the best player. And their schedule is, is fine for the next two weeks. Maybe they get right for Pittsburgh, and then they go on the road to Tennessee, which is a difficult matchup, but still. I don't know. I think if I were to watch that game yesterday, and we're getting, by the way, the... Uh, the I Kyle, assume this is. I assume that's Eckler, Eckler right? That's yeah. Eckler. So, okay. so this, is, this is interesting, because we talked about this on Fantasy well, Football this, Now. We'll, we'll see if this is... We're trying to get this information solidified. Right, okay. Um, so, but... All right, so... One question about Melvin Gordon, yes. right? And then we'll talk about this backfield going forward. But here's my question about Melvin Gordon. His last five games, including the playoffs, yep. Melvin Gordon has 60 carries for 169 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. Yep. And this is one of the things we talked about when he was coming back is that I said, like, listen, Melvin Gordon isn't the most efficient guy out there. Like, for fantasy value, what you need from Melvin Gordon is you need touchdowns and you need volume. So listen, he got volume yesterday. I mean, as in terms of running backs, like he he got 16 touches in his first game back. Like that, you know, pretty good for his first game back, especially in a game in which he didn't look that great. Now again, 12 for 31, he caught four balls for seven yards. You know, under eight fantasy points. Again, not a good fantasy day, but like first game back, 16 touches is not you know not nothing, right? But are you worried at all? Like 2.8 yards per carry. And again, sure, I just thought from the sure. eye test. Eckler looked the, like the more explosive running back on the field uh, yesterday. did look better. Um, the, obviously, it was a weird game, right? Like, game flow depended upon or made them have to throw the football a ton. Which they were down 14 part of the reason, Yeah, very quickly, which is part of the reason why Eckler had so many targets. Um, and also, in terms of the players that were out yesterday, there was uh, Mike Williams played. He was you know banged up going into the game. Dontrell Lindman's on IR. They've already lost Hunter Henry, or he could return soon, but still. Down multiple right. tight ends, yeah. down multiple wide receivers. They've been banged up. No, no yeah. surprise there. It's, it's, or I should say, no um, mystery there. That's been the thing. But um, I guess I'll have to own this a little bit. Austin Eckler in Week Five, according to the Next Gen Player Next Gen Stats, yep, yep, ran twenty-one routes from the backfield yesterday, five from the slot, and five out wide. So no, but I. So I'll see. Here's what I said last week was that when. When a player, like when a second running back returns, they don't just make that other player. They don't just make the second a second running back a wide receiver. And right. so yesterday they they used him in ten snaps to play wide receiver uh, or to play a sort of wide receiver alignment ish. So a better call by you than me on that one. Um, three catches from the slot, one out wide for Eckler, and then eleven of them came from the backfield. So he was predominantly a running back. Was right, but what we talked about? What we talked about is could you see him in the backfield and go in motion and run out of the slot or run run out wide or anything like yeah. that? And so listen, I I think the takeaways here are they'll they'll get this figured out. They will, but I think 
I don't know if you've done your rankings yet for week six. I'll start looking at them tonight. That's yep. sort of my process. Uh, and then I, I really started dialing on them on Tuesday. But I will have Austin Eckler ranked ahead of Melvin Gordon, not only this week, but until until I see something on the field that makes me want to change my mind. Because I yeah. think you bring, you mentioned the you mention the locker room, and I think that's something that and I've talked about this before. I think that is something field that goes so underlooked in fantasy analysis is the politics of a team of the that 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 an NFL team is like any other workplace, right? I mean, it's not like any other workplace. Obviously, it's a very different, but it's a workplace. Sure, it's a workplace, and there are politics and the relationships, and um, there are things that factor into it beyond just X and O's. I mean, like think about my Redskins, and one of the reasons why the players started quitting on Jay Gruden, although I think they they showed up yesterday, was they were all upset that he didn't he that he made Adrian Peterson a healthy scratch in week one. And like the locker room was upset about that. And I, I agree with you. I think without having any sources in the Chargers locker room or anything like that, my sense is that if I'm a player in that team and I saw how Austin Eckler balled out, I'm gonna be upset if he suddenly is on the bench. Yeah, this is one I just need to think about this one more, I'm gonna be honest with you. I need to think more about how I'm going to rank these players both for week six and then also going forward. More to come on the Chargers backfield, and we'll be back in just a minute. We're going to have a quick word from our buddy, the aforementioned Stephen A. Smith. For those watching on the video stream, you just saw Stephen A. Smith go on and on and on about the Cowboys losing. Of course, that happened. The Green Bay Packers yesterday, much to the delight of our soon-to-be-married friend, Mr. Kyle Soppy. The Packers rolled to a victory yesterday and ended up getting kind of close in the end. 34-24 was the final, but maybe not nearly as close as the score would indicate. But it was charged by an unbelievable day of Aaron Jones, who had 19 carries for 107 yards, plus four touchdowns and seven catches for 75 yards. Free Aaron Jones. This is what you get, Green Bay, when you free Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones free? Yes. Finally. Free at last. Free at last. Maybe. Though. Maybe. Maybe. Because, Matthew, as amazing as it was, and I listen, know. as a benefactor of this I day, know. I mean, not enough to beat Stefania in the War Room League, but still, as a benefactor of this day. I'll tell you what it was. It was enough for me to beat Miles Teller in the podcast celebrity there league. Take that, Miles Teller. Take Teller. that, Miles Teller. He's too happy. He's about definitely listening game. to this. Yeah. So yeah, he heard that. He might for sure. be. You never know. Nineteen carries. That's good. Seven catches. That's good. But Matthew, I, I'm not trying to poo-poo this day. I will just say though, Trey Carson played 20 snaps yesterday. Yeah. And a lot of us were watching this game closely because there were only two games in the late game window. <laughs> yeah. So you saw that like Trey Carson was very much a thing, and Jamal Williams has very much been a thing as yeah. well. So as great as it was, as amazing as it was, as much as people might want to say, like, he's a locked-in running back one going forward, is that really the case for Aaron Jones? As much as we would like it to be? No, but I think he's... I th- Certainly the upside tells you it is, right? I mean, the upside right. is obvious. Yeah, but listen, here's what he is. He's an every-week no-brainer starter. Is right, he an RB1 on versus yeah, an RB2? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. like, if you have him on your team, you're starting him, you're not getting cute. Even when Jamal Williams comes back, yes, Trey Carson played 20 snaps, but twenty snaps. But Aaron Jones played 42, okay? And here's the other thing. But I'm saying, but you're relative to guys like Fournette, McCaffrey, yeah, sure, et cetera, sure. that are playing every snap, that's yeah, why yeah, it's a little yeah, bit alarming. Yeah. I understood. But, like, 
In his last 10 games with at least 10 carries, Aaron Jones now has 14 touchdowns. And listen, it yeah. helps when you get a four-touchdown game. That, of course. Right, right, to, to, but look, he's got seven. He's got 10 goal-to-go carries so far this season. He scored on seven of them. That's 70%. I did that math in my head. I don't want to brag, but literally seven of 10 is 70%. The NFL average is 33%. Can Kyle check that? That seven of ten, seven of ten is confirmed. Okay, confirmed. confirmed. We're good. Thank you, Thirsty okay. Kyle. Nice job there. When do you leave for your wedding? By the way, Thursday after the podcast. Thursday after the podcast. All right, Thirsty Kyle getting married. I would have checked out a finally, month ago. Finally, finally, well, you did. <laughs> FYI, <laughs> like good point. right, exactly. Like I don't know for like six months prior prior to your uh, your wedding to the lovely Chapin Duke. Right. You were like yeah, blah 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 blah. Chapin takes the field. Chapin takes the field. Dot com. Blah 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 blah. Um, website. Huh? Great website. Great website. Yeah. Great website. Do we have a thirsty Kyle takes a sip or something? Website? I think it's Marisa quenches her thirst as well. Oh yeah. Dot com. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, anyway, so yes, thirsty Kyle, uh, very excited, uh, for him wedding this weekend. Meanwhile, though, meanwhile, this dude, I just Aaron Jones. My... Yeah. What do you got? Aaron Jones on my war room team. Okay. Yeah. We have. 89 more points than the third highest scoring team in the league. Okay? <laughs> That's so brutal. We are number two. So brutal. All right? 89 more points than the next highest scoring team in the league. In a 16-team league. And we're second by 89 points. And we're two and three. How does this happen? Hang on. Hang on. I got something for you. May I? Bitterberry. All right, we, we got to keep going here. Tell me about Aaron Jones. No, this is what is that? That's the here. This I think this Aaron, guy might have a battery. It's not, not quite. That one might need. Not. I think the battery is dead in this guy. The spicy tomato. Oh, that's the spicy tomato. Yeah, spicy tomato. All right, well, here you can squeeze yeah, my bitterberry. Bitter uh, you're a spicy tomato is what you are. That's a blast from the past. That is a wow. blast from the past right there. All, All right, right. got to get moving here on the podcast. All right, we got to move. Anyway, Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones is a no-brainer starter here. What's exciting for me is, is how he's been used at the goal line. They're, they're running the ball. They're running the ball effectively. He is scoring at a pretty high rate, and he already has three different games now with four or more catches so far this year. Had two of all last season. So they are involving him in the passing game, which is something that we expected. Having said that, speaking of the passing game, is Aaron Jones, until Devontae Adams comes back, is Aaron Jones the only Packer you can trust starting on a weekly basis? Uh, so you're Legit saying the, question. you mean the quarterback that's quarterback 19 right now in terms of points this season? Yes. So, yeah. Here's a, you know, maybe, maybe. Five games, six touchdown passes. Maybe it will change soon. But the Lions next week, Monday Night Football, which will be a very competitive game. The game is yeah. being played in Green Bay. You like these games after that, though, right? You go to play Oakland at home, and then you go to Kansas City. Both of those yeah. matchups should be favorable ones uh, in terms of what we've seen from those two teams past defense-wise so far this season. So maybe things start to get right. But yes, Matthew, next week, the only set it, forget it, don't think twice about it starter, if Devontae Adams sit, is Aaron Jones. It's frustrating. If you have Aaron Rodgers and you decide to stream someone for him next week, I'm okay with the process. The I, results may not work out. Who knows? But I'm okay with the process. There's there's nothing that uh, you we've seen so far that suggests Aaron Rodgers is a must start uh, going forward because of this offense is run heavy. Yep. And it's successful. That's the other thing. Like, it's successful. No one's questioning Aaron Rodgers' talent, but we are questioning the fact that, like, they don't need to throw as much. He hasn't, 
Six touchdowns in five games, field. Sure, yeah. And they're four and one. That's the key. They're four and one. Like if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you're number twelve, you're like, let's keep as long as this train keeps rolling this way, I'm good with it. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, like again, like Detroit next week, you don't feel great about they him. Played I, Patrick if, Rome's tough last if week. If you are the only if Aaron Rodgers is the only quarterback on your team, you need to add somebody. I would be adding somebody for this week, a Gardner yep. Minshew type player, right. because you know if the matchup is better or you feel more confident in the stream, I'm okay with it. And by dint of Aaron Rodgers' struggles, Matthew, the wide receivers are unplayable. I mean, like, listen, I had Marquez Valdez Scantling on the love list this week. What a brutal call that was! One catch on four targets, 18 yards. Un- I mean, just and Jerome Wilson, Jerome Wilson, we liked targets. him as a streamer. Like he had a target in the end zone, he could have caught. Like it was just a frustrating day for the passing game, but not that frustrating because they rolled the Cowboys. That's a that's a hell of a win for the Packers. Great win, Matt Lafleur, the only coach amongst the new coaches that has a winning record right now. The second best record is Freddie Kitchens at two and two. If I mean, he gets the win tonight, then he joins that over five hundred club. All right, so maybe a potential player to stream for Aaron Rodgers would be Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe, maybe. He had a monster day yesterday, he Teddy did. Bridgewater. Four touchdown passes, uh, 314 yards, 27.3 fantasy points. But, Matthew, it's the Bucks who are an absolute funnel for pass defenses so far this year. And Teddy Bridgewater has been accurate, but he hasn't been prolific. Is there no. something to this, or is this just like a one-week blip and you're proud for the guy because he deserves it you're, and he's worked you're incredibly happy for hard, the guy, but. Uh, in terms of my rushing out and, and, and getting Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not. Like, it depends on the size of your league and everything like that. But I think in a standard 10 team league or 12 team league where it's one quarterback league, there are better streamers out there. Gardner Minshew being one of them. Look at their upcoming schedule at Jacksonville. Yep. You don't yeah. love that. It's, I mean, they're, they're probably not, not going to have Jalen Ramsey, but I'm with not, you. Like, but, yeah. like, it's not a great matchup. It's right, not I a agree. terrible one, but it's not a great matchup. You, you prefer the Saints at home in the dome than you do right. on the road at Jacksonville. Then they're at Chicago. You don't love that. Don't love that. Home to Arizona, so that's a good one. But he might not be the starter anymore. I was just going to say, Drew Brees, we saw the video, like he's, gr- he's already gripping a small football. Like he might be back in two weeks. So, I mean, you just sort of look at the schedule. That home game against Arizona, that's a pretty good game to come back to if you're Drew Brees, mm, right? I wouldn't be surprised. Let's if say they win their next two games. If they're at that point, they would be five, six, six, six and one, right? With the is one of the best resumes in the NFL. Whether the best team or not, play Arizona at home. You say Drew's like, don't worry. Like, if and then because they have the bye the week after that, yeah, you have the bye after that. Let's just get you through. Yeah, it will be I think week nine to ten, and then all of a sudden you return at full strength, no concerns about the thumb. But so, still, anyway, hard time justifying this. of the next four games. At Jacksonville, at Chicago, home to Arizona, a bye. The only one where I would feel like Teddy Bridgewater is somebody Must that start I, type. It would be home at Arizona. I agree on and that. And so, um, so nice to see, especially nice to see if you have Michael Thomas. Yes. Nice to see if amazing. you have Jared Cook, who came back, came back from the dead. I yes. don't know that I totally buy it. Undertaker uh, style is um, great. Yeah. But it was got, nice to see signs of life from Jared Cook. Alvin Kamara was whatever. He's, he'll be fine. Like, you know, not a, yeah, one like, bad day. Like, even Superman has bad days, right? Yeah. And even, I mean, it was still like a passable day. It just wasn't an Alvin Kamara type day. Right. Um, although I'm sure that people that, because at the, in drafts this year, people were, had a real choice of Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. And a lot of people went Kamara. And a lot of people that went Kamara are just like, what did I do? I know. Isn't it incredible? What did I do? I know. Unbelievable. I could have had McCaffrey. Oh, you also could have had David Montgomery. Good thing you didn't take David Montgomery that high because David Montgomery is yeah. on your roster but may not be Dude. playable right now, Matthew. Yesterday he played one, just one more snap than Tariq Cohen. Now, they were down big in this game early, as we know, to the Raiders. They ended up fighting back, or uh, and they lose the game. Again, great win by the Raiders. 11 carries for 25 yards and a touchdown, one catch for 11 yards. I just, uh, I've just i said this now many times during the season since it started, Matthew. 
Am I wrong? Like, I just don't see it. I don't yeah. see a great runner. Maybe as it, much it, as it, it was made, and I made part of this, of the Bears trading up into the third round sure. to draft him, it's still trading up into the third round. Not the first round. Not the top 40 picks. No. The third round of the draft. Is it possible that at least for this year, the talent just won't rear itself in the way that we hope for? Yeah, maybe. Look, they're on a bye this week, so hopefully maybe they get some stuff figured out. But look at their upcoming schedule. So they're on a bye this week. You're not using them this week. Yep. Then home to the Saints, home to the Chargers, at Philadelphia, great nope. run defense, home to Detroit. Good run defense. I mean, like, none of those you feel great about, yeah, given don't... his usage. Like, none of those are like, oh, you got to start a running back against those guys. Like, they're like... You know, the Saints and Chargers are like, okay. Right. I mean, you know, Denver ran well against the Chargers last uh, on Sunday. But, like, none of those are, are matchups where you're like, oh, give me everyone you got. So, like, he's at best. Like, the, the best argument you can make for Montgomery is is that he is getting the goal line work. He got into the end zone yesterday. Like, you know, so they've, they've been giving him the goal line work. And um, he's a running back. Like, he qualifies at running back. Like, right. if you need a running back, you can legally put him into your starting position there. Sure, I know, <laughs> like, I know, I know. Like, he hasn't had 70 rushing yards in a game. He's had under 15 receiving yards in four straight. Like, they prefer Tariq Cohen for the pass-catching running back. Like, you know, and... It's tough. I mean, you know... I, yeah, there's not much to be ooh, excited about right now with David Montgomery, especially given the investment. A lot of people were taking David they, Montgomery. I mean, like, he was a big sleeper for a lot round, of people. Yeah. And, like, not not for either of us. Like, we liked him, but not, like, the way some other people did. Sure. But um, he's been as big a bust as there is, I yep. think, I think among running backs. I think he's up there backs. for biggest busts in fantasy so far this yeah. season. Been we, tough. We know. Hey, listen, if you're out there and you started Mike Evans yesterday, we're with you. I'm literally with you. I started him in a league that I play with Chapin as my co-partner of our league team. Like that's tough, right there. When your wife is depending on you to make good decisions, and you're like, yeah, play Mike Evans. He's awesome. He got listen. zero. She literally texted me. Chapin spent the day. Uh, she was out watching football with friends, but she wasn't necessarily watching the the Bucks game closely. And she she's like, what happened, to Mike Evans? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. He got zero points, but let me let me do this for you because okay. this is what I do. Okay, I save marriages. Oh, let me just you. do this. Let okay. me save your. Well, marriage. it's not really in peril, but thanks. Uh, I know. Um, looks, sounds like it's a little rocky at the moment. To be perfectly honest, and okay. so let me just. I'm just going to say this now because I know Chapin listens to the show. She does. I know she Chapin. watches. So it, listen, live stream. and listen. So I'm just going to direct the kit right here, Chapin. Feel free to text me for fantasy advice. Just I'm going to take field off the hook here. That way you can just go ahead and blame me if the call goes wrong. But just, Chapin, go ahead. I will help your team out. I will. I realize, listen, you love him, blah, 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 blah. Future father, your children, blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me help your fantasy team. Like, go ahead. Just feel free to text me, you know, or slide into my DMs. Do what you got to do. Like, let me take field off the hook here. Let me save your marriage here. That way, that way you can you can unite against a common enemy if I get something wrong, you see. Like, as opposed to her looking at you, be like, hey, what happened, expert? What happened to Mike Evans? Right. I appreciate you getting ahead of the curve, though. Like, you are saving our marriage before it's in jeopardy. I like that. That's I'm just, very proactive. This is me. This is me. I am here for you and Chapin. Concern level on Mike Evans, though, just to quickly mention this, is like, I get it. It's been three games of disappointment. Yeah. Ten points or fewer in three of his five games. Not sure that I'm really that concerned, though, Matthew. I know, and, and I... I don't know. Look, under five catches in four or five games this year, you're nervous about that. I mean, so the, he's been more boomer bust than we're sort of used to as, you know, as Chris Godwin has emerged. This is what I will say, though. Marshawn Lattimore, and I don't have the, I don't have any stats in front of me, but my sort of sense is that Marshawn Lattimore has shut him down before. Like he has always struggled against Marshawn Lattimore, or more huh. often than not, yeah. he has struggled against Marshawn Lattimore. Well, and, check that out. Yeah. 
I don't. I don't recall. I don't know. I, I that that's sort of my sense, and maybe I, 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 I'm, not, I'm, I'm not doubting you. I just I, I would think that sounds that sounds right to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I I know like the like I remember the remember the game he got ejected from like and that uh, like I don't know if that was last year or two years ago. The game he got ejected from, I think that was Lattimore, right, Keith? Keith, you remember this kind of stuff. You're good with this kind of stuff. The you're talking specifically about Lattimore and Evans, yeah. And say because in in the column yesterday that Tristan Tristan and uh, Matt Bowen do every Sunday, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they it's get into column. it. They get into the Mike Evans shutout thing, and only once other one other time had Evans scored zero points in a game, and it was against the Saints. But it was the Week Two game in 2015 where he was coming back from that hamstring injury, yeah. and he played some limited snaps. He did get three targets in that game, but didn't catch a ball. But as far as the um, Lattimore stuff goes. Um, Lattimore's lined up on Evans for 43 of 53 snaps. So okay. he did follow him around generally. A better day for Marshawn Lattimore, who we know at his best can be one of the best shutdown cornerbacks in the NFL. Field, so, can I say one thing real fast? Sure. I really sure. think that Chris Godwin is going to have more fantasy points at the end of the year than Mike Evans. Is that a crazy thing to say? It's absolutely not a crazy thing to say. And I mean, there was a lot of, there was talk in the preseason, there was a, it was talk in the preseason about that who's the number one fantasy wide receiver on the Buccaneers. And so, I think if you were drafting today, I think there's a very good chance that Godwin goes ahead of Mike Evans. You're being if funny, you, right? Oh, I was being 100% serious. Like, I really think Chris Godwin will have more fantasy points by the end of the season than Mike Evans. I, I don't think it's that much of a, I don't think it's that crazy at all. I thought you were being facetious and just no. trying to like poke the bear a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Chris Godwin's a freaking stud. He's the anchor of my celebrity league team. 14.3, yeah. 26.1, 7, 41.2, 31.5. I'd say that's a pretty good squad, a pretty good start, I should say. For but Chris ultimately, you and I have the same opinion of Mike Evans. It's a pass-friendly offense. He's a rock star. It was a bad game. It is what it is. Hang tough with Mike Evans. Last topic for us today is, did we get clarity in the Chiefs' backfield last night, Matthew? Because <laughs> a game that they lost, 19-13. And so, I, I don't no. know. I've picked game Win of the week is either the Raiders over the Bears or the Colts going to Kansas City against the Chiefs. Unbelievable win for them. Uh, they are a gutsy team, are they? Frank Reich... And Chris Ballard are building something special there in Indianapolis. No, I think they built something. Built something I was going to say I think they built something special. Think, not yeah. that they're not that they're built. Fair, fair. I say a couple. They're a three and two a, with a backup quarterback. Right. Like I, I mean, mean, like yeah, multiple playoff wins in a single season, et cetera. That that's how it'll be defined, right? Yeah. Um, but they are on the right track in a major, major way. We are yeah. big fans of what they are doing there in Indy. They beat the Chiefs nineteen thirteen. Patrick Mahomes is held to one touchdown pass. Just an incredible throw last night. Bought time. Pirouetted out of pressure. He's ridiculous. ridiculous. He's, he is ridiculous. Are you nervous? At, just to dismiss this. Are you, Patrick Mahomes now has one touchdown pass in two games total. Yeah. Are but, you nervous and like got a little bit no. banged up there? Are you nervous at all about Patrick Mahomes? No, I would say people should know that, yes, he a little bit of a bulky ankle uh, during the game last night. He continued to play, but we'll keep Clearly an eye on limited. it. Clearly limited. I would just say this, because a lot of people, I would say maybe led by friend of the podcast, part of the podcast, Mike Clay, took a lot of heat this summer for saying regression was possible for Patrick Mahomes, if not likely for Patrick Mahomes. And they're right. I mean, listen, it could change, obviously. He could break that, but he's got 11 touchdowns in five games. All right, he needs 3.25 per game to have at least 50 right. for this season. Although, the counter to that is, is that, he had he, could three, he had ten in three games. No, I know totally. he had ten in three games. Saying, like through the like, first you know, three games, everyone was just like, "Regret? Are you regression?" I was part of that for sure. I'm just saying that Mike took a lot of heat for saying he that, and you know, eleven in five games, he could very well do something crazy, ridiculous. He's Patrick freaking Mahomes. I would make a low ball offer. I would try to acquire him because I feel like, but I don't part of the last two games. Yeah. 
someone, but well, it would have to be you have to low ball not even a low, not even a low ball, not a running back or a wide receiver. Right? Here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. If I would say through the first three games this season, yeah, Patrick Mahomes was more or less untradeable. That no, that if you had Patrick Mahomes, you're like, I'm not trading him. Like even though I go read my love hate column from last week where I talk about all sorts of trade strategies and theories and and ways to do it, and that you should never ever say anyone's untradeable. But it would have been very hard to pry Patrick Mahomes from whoever had him in your league through the first three weeks of the season because you're just like, this guy's a fantasy rock star. Right. I now believe that it would be possible to trade for Patrick Mahomes. You're still paying a high price. But I now believe after two games of disappointing fantasy results, it might be possible. It might be possible. I still think it's going to be really hard because you're. I'm assuming you'd be trying to trade your quarterback to somebody for Patrick Mahomes. Your quarterback plus somebody. And you're Okay. Because if you're going to try to sell them on like, hey, I'm no. giving you somebody else that, that would be, be my quarterback offer. I upgrade, would... like rest of the season, he's still the clear-cut number one quarterback, and it's not If you close. offered, and you may say this is a dumb idea, but if you offered Russell Wilson plus something, you offered, you know, like, I, I bet you you could get Deshaun Watson for Patrick Mahomes straight up right now. You could and I would get... do that. Like, if I had Deshaun Watson and I said, you know what, I'm going to, hey, uh, I'll uh, I'll sell high on I'll sell really? high on I'll sell high on a I'm I'm thinking about uh, buying You're low on Mahomes so? and selling high on Watson. I bet you people would do that deal. Some Interesting. would. Some would. Don't you think? Yeah, what do you think? Am I crazy? You. Let's do a rest of season board bet. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes between you guys, because this is what you're basically saying, right? You think Patrick no, Mahomes will score more points? That's not what I'm saying. He's I, saying I, I, he I, wouldn't do it. You think others would? I think I think I that is a deal that would get do done in, in fantasy leagues. I think Field I don't is, think like so. in regular fantasy leagues. Uh, mm, yes, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people, I people am wrong. trade on emotion all the time. I absolutely think that if somebody had Deshaun Watson, well, then why would you offer, offer Russell Wilson plus? Like Russell Wilson's coming off of yeah. he's been better this year. Same you're saying same logic. Carson Wentz plus. Carson Wentz coming off of whatever what, game. What I was going to say is that, like, if I had Patrick Mahomes and someone offered me Russell Wilson plus something else, then I would consider it. Like, I am simultaneously. But that would make sense. Wouldn't it make sense? If someone offered you Russell Wilson and another starter for Patrick Mahomes, isn't that a reasonable trade? Like, it, Especially if you have a need at that other area. Right, like, where yeah. starting wide receiver sure. and Russell Wilson, like, that's not, a, that's not no. outlandish at all. It's but I don't think it's going to be one for one. In many cases. But the heart of this conversation, Matthew, remains the Chiefs' backfield. Last night, here's in terms of total snaps, 32. Will Fuller and Aaron Jones for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Uh, Damian Williams, 32. Yeah. 13 snaps for LaShawn McCoy. 12 for Darrell Williams. LaShawn McCoy had zero rushes last night. Zero for LaShawn McCoy. Right. Now, he fumbled. And he had a bad fumble, yeah. He had a fumble on a screen pass that uh, I forget he, who punched he, it out, but a really nice play by the really Colts. Really nice play. But had a nice, had a nice run after the catch. And then, yeah, right. So, do you think we learned something about the Chiefs' backfield last night? Do we have a sense of what it's going to be now, since we have everybody healthy, and presumably what it would look like going forward? Here's my um, my uh, my only thing that I feel like I learned. Yeah, is that Daryl Williams is going away because I would look back is there, and not. I mean, like he's not. Well, he I mean, had zero he, he touches last night, but he was on the field for twelve snaps. Sure. Like they okay. like, and so like. Like, and I saw him out there. I mean, like, they used him in, they like him in pass pro. They like him, they like him back there. There's certain packages where I think they like him. So yeah. the fact that LaShawn McCoy played only one more snap than Daryl Williams, to me, I'm actually not focused on the touches. Like, the play calls are what they are based on the defense, but like, if you're out there, you're telling me that, that, that it was a design, like, let's use Daryl Williams for 12 snaps, but make sure he doesn't touch the ball. Like, no, it's just like how the plays go. Sure. Like, the fact is, is that, like, to me, it's more of a three-headed committee than it was 
prior to Damian Williams getting hurt. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I also think that, like, so my takeaways would be Daryl Williams not going away, but if for some reason you roster Damian Williams plus Daryl or Damian Williams plus LaShawn McCoy, like, it's clear that I think I would still want Damian Williams I in my roster amongst above If I had to rank them. them rest of the season, I would rank them Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, Daryl Williams. I agree, yeah. But, and I don't think Daryl Williams has standalone fantasy value unless one of them gets hurt. Right. I just think his He's presence is going to drain. on your roster. Yeah. I Last, think his value is going to drain those two guys and if people a little wanted, bit. Like, again, despite the fact that they have, what, the Patrick Mahomes has accounted for one total touchdown over the past two weeks, any of these guys could go for 20, or Damian or LaShawn McCoy could go for 25 points in a given week. There's still a ton of value, a ton of value in the Chiefs' backfield going forward. It's just different than we, what we expect it to be in you know mid-August. We've got a lot of stuff to get to tomorrow on the show. We've got waiver wires to continue to talk about. Huge game tonight. Keith's for, uh, Broncos, Browns. Keith's Browns. Keith's Broncos, not a team. Keith's Browns against Stefania's 49ers. Uh, we've got waiver wires. Have you guys we've made a bet? News. You guys should yeah, make a bet. Did you guys wager something or no? We kept it kind of simple. We just said we'd get each other something to eat somewhere. Like we'd go to go to eat somewhere and, and pick up the tab. Okay. Oh, All right. Well, should be a fun game tonight. Did she give you the points? Because when I made that bet with her, she didn't give me the points. No, <laughs> we did not discuss points. All right, we should we'll have done have, the points. <laughs> we will have a Monday Night Football recap. We'll have waiver wire pickups. We'll have all the latest, potentially some Saquon Barkley news. And I have some thoughts about my Washington Redskins. And Redskins venting from our pal, TMR. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace out! Give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail you, you're, you're, you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field gates. At field gates. Still find your bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret squirrel Daniel Dodd. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. Today's horoscope brought to you by GEICO. Today begins a journey toward a new you, Aries, making smarter, healthier decisions for yourself. Starting with going to GEICO.com and discovering you could save hundreds of dollars a year on car insurance with GEICO. You will also attend your first fitness boot camp. Your journey toward a new you will stumble after your 11th burpee and ends with you hyperventilating in the parking lot. Tomorrow's a new day, Aries. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.